What's up, everybody? Welcome to Shadow Talk, another edition of Shadow Talk. My name is Harrison Van Riper. This is Digital Shadows Weekly Threat Intelligence Podcast. Uh, joining me this week is basically, a, you know, kind of a our normal cadre. The crew. Yeah. We're getting to be a norm, a normal now. Sitting to my to my left is Casey. Casey, how are you? Hey, doing good. Glad to be back for another week. Whoop whoop. Uh, then we got Charles over there sitting diagonally from me. <laughs> diagonally. How, how are you? Nice Harry Potter joke. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm good, man. I'm good. Glad good. Uh, glad to be back. <clears throat> and then always Alex sitting directly across from me, staring into my soul. As always, directly across from you. This is the, the first one from the new year out of Dallas, isn't it? Oh, that's true. Well, if, unless you count the uh, the Iran... Special report. Yeah, the Iran stuff. The first I scheduled I podcast. I don't, I don't count that one. You don't no, count no. that one? Mm-mm. Okay, that's fair. That was I mean, a one-off. Yeah. <laughs> it basically was. Um, first of all, let me say a happy Windows 7 end of life uh, week at this point. It's about time. Right? Can we just give a little clap for Windows 7? You did good, kid. You made it. You did good. Um, all the way. All, all those all those point of sale systems are still going <laughs> to oh, be yeah. out there in the you wild, though. So. Want to cry? You Blue weren't the key. best, but we you weren't it. the worst. <laughs> you were not the worst. You were no Windows Vista. That's true. Oh, um, that's an does insult. It, does everybody remember that? It's <laughs> <laughs> an insult. <laughs> I really enjoyed '95, man. '95 was the last like king. It's yeah. nostalgic. It really yeah. is. If you see somebody booting up a Windows '95, you know. You get excited. You know that they're the real OG. Yeah. yeah. They're just really old. <laughs> they're just really old. That too. So there's been a lot of stuff going on this week, kind of a following follow-up from last week's Iranian stuff, which has kind of died down a little bit. Uh, so we're getting back into some more cyber-specific news. Uh, so vulnerabilities from this week. There were a couple of big ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was this NSA disclosed vulnerability can somebody give me the deets on that? Um, mostly it had to do with like elliptic curve cartography mm-hmm. uh, and people can specify their own parameters when they're making the curves. Uh, so perfect example I saw today is a guy on Twitter just uh, spoofed a certificate for a wild card. Oh, I saw that. So for the whole internet and it got accepted. <laughs> perfect. Uh, so yeah. Um, that's not good. Yeah, that's not good. Does I mean, somebody have the, the CVE number? Yeah, it's uh, CVE 2020-0601. Okay, yeah. gotcha. It just, the big takeaway there is, I mean, it breaks the whole fundamental trust you have in your update system, like, through the operating system to make sure things are signed, so. Yeah, and uh, th- is this built within, this vulnerability specifically, it's built within Windows, right? Or it's uh, built within the crypto yeah. API? Yeah, yeah. The, the cryptographer, uh, the, oof. Say that word, <laughs> cryptographic <laughs> library for yeah. Windows. Oh, yeah. man. Um, so, yeah, it's using that one. Uh, there's already been a few POCs dropped. Uh, found one this morning, and the guy wrote it in Ruby. I don't know why. but uh, Ruby? 21 lines. 21 lines of Ruby. That's all you need to exploit this. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's, that's a good thing. This isn't, so this isn't, you, you have not tried this one. I have not. Okay. I, I downloaded that Ruby code. I'm probably going to play with it later. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we'll get to the one that you tested in a second, yeah. but um, the, you know, we wrote a blog on this. Rick, Cis, our, Rick Holland, our CISO, has published a blog on, on this topic, um, but the NSA, you know, is kind of typically known within the security sphere for kind of keeping zero days to themselves and, you know. You can look at things like the Eternal Blue stuff, the Shadow Broker stuff, the Equation Group uh, tool. They've been leaks. criticized for it. Exactly. They've been criticized for it. Um, 
but you know in this case uh, they've shared it publicly they've shared this vulnerability that they you know found they've disclosed it to the public um, is why do we think that is why do we think that they're disclosing this one specifically I think they caught so much flack whenever Eternal Blue was being was released and they've been exploiting it for five years mm. and no one knew about it I mean that that's pretty big and they caught a lot of flack for it so but then again, maybe they're just kind of changing their mentality about it rather mm -hmm. than hoarding, but thinking about like the greater good and users of Windows machines. Yeah. Well, I think too, I mean, so it's not just like specific to like Windows per se, you know, I mean, the fact that like this is an issue with elliptic curve cryptography mm -hmm. as right. well. And I mean, that just, that's used across the board for so many things. I think that they, uh, I mean, probably did a risk benefit analysis and realized that like having, yeah. having something like that broken and not disclosed as definitely worse. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you bring up the risk-benefit analysis. Alex, you, me, uh, Charles was actually involved in that mm -hmm. too yesterday. Um, and then a couple other people in the office, we were kind of discussing some of the costs and benefits that are associated with it. Yep, and the results of that are in that blog. We decided to come up with four different costs and four different benefits. Mm -hmm. um, more difficult than we expected, <laughs> honestly, to come up there with a, a few of, of the benefits. A lot of discussion. But, you know, I think we came down to some really good ones. Yeah. Um, I don't want to spoil it here. But, uh, but, yeah, go read the blog. But, yeah, it is all about kind of like uh, how, how Rick kind of puts it, the intel gain loss mm -hmm. for disclosing a vulnerability publicly. Um, I know one of them was, you know, an obvious one. You kind of lose the ability to um, exploit the vulnerability under the radar, right? Because it's publicly known. There's a patch, you know. Uh, I think it's issued now, right? I think it's been issued or, or at least being worked on. The patch? Yeah. yeah, it came out on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah they, yeah, they they dropped the patch, like, before they made the announcement. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Like, it was pretty simultaneous. Right. So, um, so, yeah, so that's an obvious thing. But, I mean, to your point that, that you brought up yesterday, we know from history that people do not patch. <laughs> Yeah, very often. <laughs> so sadly, in yeah. an ideal world, they would. <laughs> in an ideal world, yes. Uh, so so yeah. So that's going to remain, you know, a po a possible point of mm -hmm. uh, exploit for attackers in the future. Um, so yeah, it was interesting though. It's interesting to see NSA kind of within the last what five ten years that they've been more more publicly. Facing, I, I guess not even ten years. Uh, yeah, I would do that. it less than that. Yeah. yeah, maybe like five or three to five years. Yeah, I I feel like that sounds a little bit better. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I'm still on the fence about it, just to see what they do with future exploits. Mm, I, I just yeah. don't know. So I mean, they have that whole internal department that just helps protect, you know, um, American infrastructure, uh, mm -hmm. helps helps protect companies, and does a whole lot of research and publishing guidelines or stuff like that. And I think that that's definitely probably been a, a PR push to. Yeah. polish up their image and make those guys more visible doing stuff like this mm -hmm. uh you know um, i mean because there has been some negative stuff said about the, mm -hmm. the uh, yeah. NSA, yeah put it lightly in the past yeah uh, so I, I definitely think that's probably part part of it um but yeah i mean I, I think it's it's good to see that side of the house coming out to to do stuff and like make the overall internet safer yeah mm -hmm. it's so refreshing let, yeah <laughs> so let's just hope that another shadow brokers incident doesn't happen again yeah i mean then that was another point I said I wasn't going to spoil what was in the, in the, <laughs> the little well table, at this but point. yeah, um, you know, one of the things that was in there was, um, you know, it, it's possible that it sets the expectation mm -hmm. right. that they 
should release stuff, you know, in the future. And then if they don't, then they would get blamed for it, you know, further down the line. No matter what reason they give for not disclosing it, you know, people are going to take it the other way. Well, right? I don't feel like they should they should release everything. No, 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 uh, yeah. for sure. Okay. But, but, but like, so no, now, now no, that this, this is fun. <laughs> I, w- I want some tools. <laughs> now that this one has been, you know, publicly disclosed, right. it somewhat, I'm not saying that it, you know, across the board, but it somewhat sets an expectation that the next one that they find, it's like, oh, you should have released that, you know, even though that's not how we see it. I mean, considering this one is a higher severity, if you will, I can see it kind of going both ways. So I'm curious to see what happens in the future. Are they going to say, are they going to say something in a timely manner like they did this time? Mm -hmm. Are they just going to kind of sit on it and see how they can use it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out in the future. So, okay, moving on to the next vulnerability from this week. And Charles, you're very intimate with this one. Uh, so why don't you give us the lowdown on this one, Charles? Uh, yeah, so this was a CVE 2019-19781. Uh, this one affected a lot of the Citrix Netscaler products, uh, like their VPX appliances, any of their like, delivery clients, stuff like that. Uh, basically, this, did, uh, this bug was a, a directory traversal bug uh, and allowed them to someone could manually you know do a directory traversal attack get access to part of the file system that they shouldn't have filed like had access to mm-hmm. uh, and when that happened um, the device used a Perl script to like display the like it calls a Perl script whenever you do the that directory traversal as part of the attack uh, and so people figured out that you could start appending XML documents that could contain malicious code mm-hmm. so then when you did the directory traversal it would execute the code inside that document uh so that was disclosed mid-december um just a few days ago last weekend uh friday night i think uh some proof of concepts dropped saw that on twitter that's uh, right i saw a bunch of people talking about that yeah. on twitter and they were like oh great yeah. friday night so, uh, it hadn't, <laughs> it hadn't, uh, so it still hasn't been patched that's yeah that's part of it uh actually as of today more more products uh, have been found to be vulnerable. Oh, really? So an- another another one of their appliances, like I think it's their uh, wide area network appliances, is vulnerable. Uh, but yeah, so um, still not patched. The uh, they added another product to it, so wide, one of their wide area network appliances is vulnerable to this as well. Um, and actually, uh, I believe I have it here in front of me. Um, yeah, the uh, the ADC releases at uh, twelve point one. Uh, certain firmware versions of it have bugs that make the provided mitigations mm. ineffective. Oh, good. Yeah. Mm. So, so there and, and the mitigations they provided are uh, a little complex and, and mm-hmm. difficult. And that kind of does go back to the whole patching thing. I mean, people don't want to patch, let alone go through this pretty complicated <laughs> command line process to and mitigate ha- some of these have issues. Have it not work yeah. either, and, and have it not work. Yeah. And and, uh, and so there's still currently, I, I think the patch is tentatively supposed to come out next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but there are proof of concepts out there right yeah. now. Yeah. Yes, I mean, uh, Charles, uh, you spun up a vulnerable instance. Yeah, right? I, I, so. you you can get on AWS right now and spin up an ADC 13.0 instance uh, when, when, with their Netscaler stuff. Run run the exploit and become user NS root. I mean, a couple ten, minutes, ten, 10, 10 minutes, like no. to, to set up the instance and. and, and Oof. I just feel yeah. like this is a blue teamer's like individual personal hell because <laughs> you, you have you have a proof of concept but you don't have any patches or yeah, any like yeah. legitimate mitigations yeah. to it. Yeah, you're like, oh god, what do I, what do, I do? You can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Friday night was, I'm sure, great for a lot of uh, blue teams. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, like, of course, after I, I got it spun up and got it to work, uh, I mean, you, you look on Shodan uh, if, if you 
have access to using like the Vuln query mm-hmm. filter. Uh, there's something like 70,000 of these things online that are, that are right. all, you know, that qualify as being vulnerable to, to that exploit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet to that point, you, you spun up a, uh, a honeypot to yeah. see so kind of what, what was going on in terms of the attack. That was, yeah. So my next thought was let's spin one up, see what's going on. Uh, forwarded all the logs to Kibana just to poke around and uh, look at stuff. And pretty much uh, just honeypot noise. I mean, there's a ton of SSH brute force like you would normally see. But once I filtered out to just looking for that specific vulnerability, over the course of about 48 hours, I saw a little over 400 total attempts to, to exploit that. Yeah. And um, it seems like every time you try to do a honeypot, you'll find at least one person trying to install a coin miner, right? Yeah, <laughs> so I actually, I was I was going through the logs because, uh, you know, I mean, again, this is a, like, I I didn't set up like a, a fake honeypot kind of thing. Like, I set up a real yeah, yeah, appliance yeah. that was vulnerable to this and then just like left it there in AWS uh, on like a burner account. Right. Um, and yeah, I uh, was checking the logs and somebody... <laughs> Uh, got it. They they did a really good job of like hiding their trail, mm. but they set up a, a cron to just like every second download the shell script from some shady website like associated to Russia. Oh, nice. Uh, so I they they directed the the whole thing like to dev null, uh, so you couldn't see any of the output or anything. Uh, but when when I looked at like CPU utilization on like the dashboard, <laughs> it was like a hundred percent. And then I was running a packet capture at the same time uh, while this was going on, and I went back and filtered for that address and, and looked at the, uh, the packets that were going, cause it was just over HTTP. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, it was some obfuscated shell script stuff. Uh, but I did a little digging since I didn't have access to the actual script cause they were deleting it. Right. Um, did a little digging and a few other people have reported it that were doing similar things as me, mm-hmm. uh, at, that did manage to get it. And it, it, it's a coin mine. I saw, I saw Mal- nice. Ma- <laughs> uh, malware hunter, yeah. uh, was on Twitter talking about that Malwatech, Sorry. Yeah. Um, but I saw him say the same thing that you did. And I'm like, oh, this is a common thing. <laughs> yeah. I, like, and for me, man, like, I just, like, crypto is so hard to mine now. Like, you're not, you're, dude, you probably made, like, 15 cents. <laughs> your, your instance is just, you, like, kill me. You have, you have the ability to be root access on, like, a VPN appliance. It's a beachhead into a potential, like, corporate network. And you're going to be like... <laughs> All right, I'm gonna drop a coin miner on here. <laughs> I need some like, Monero. Come on, skids, get good, man. Like, do do something better. I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. So, so that was that. All that info was included in Charles's blog, uh, which is up on the site now. Yep. Um, it's getting some really good traction. Uh, we looked at some of the numbers today, and it looks like a lot of people are reading it and finding it interesting. Um, so we'll definitely include that within the show notes. Uh, yeah. I also uh, threw up a GitHub page oh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, so I extrapolated out all the most active IP addresses that were trying to run the, the uh, directory traversal phone, um, made a list of those, and then I also just did a uh, uh, who is lookup on each one of them. So those those two text files are up on a GitHub page for some indicators of compromise. If anyone wants to look at that or at least get a little bit of info, uh, yeah. they can kind of do with that what they want. So. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We'll include that as well in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, okay, moving on from the vulnerabilities from this week. Uh, we have some ransomware updates. Everybody loves some good ransomware. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, who doesn't? It's a good time. It's a, it's a great time. Like, I can't decide if I, we speak about it so much that I'm forced to love it or if I just love it, so I do just it. Just in general. I, I haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's fair. I mean, we brought this up multiple times, but it's just like every other day we get a new ransomware story. Um, I think I was listening to Risky Business last week, and, uh, you know, they were talking about how um, it's just at, like, epidemic levels of yeah. like, I mean, everybody, everybody's infected. I mean, it's, mm. it's crazy. Um, so 
so this week we published a blog again it was about the kryptonite ransomware as a service um and alex can you tell us a little bit about that one so this one was interesting on a bunch of different levels. Um, we initially saw an advertisement for this new ransomware as a service, Kryptonite, a bunch of shiny, fancy images. Um, <laughs> they were advertising on a dark web forum, and they kept saying that it was based off the source code of Ryuk, which mm -hmm. we all know is a very popular ransomware. Yeah. Um, it was used in a bunch of different attacks against um, local city infrastructure in the US over the past couple of months. Um, everyone knows what Ryuk is, so their claim that it was based off Ryuk source code is already something that... It was a little bit like, uh, you sure? It was a little bit <laughs> weird. Um, so it, they got a bunch of flack on their advertisement. And, and this um, was on like the criminal marketplace. Exactly, yeah. Monitor, yeah. So, so people were very skeptic of this advertisement of this uh, new ransomware as a service that seemed way too good to be true. Um, they claimed that it was 100% undetectable by all major uh, antivirus and anti-malware systems. That's like, that's like when, nice. when, that's when, company, when companies say that you know, their product is unhackable. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be an over-promise, under-deliver kind of situation. And, and that's the thing, right? And so it's funny Scanned because... in the my Windows Defender. <laughs> <laughs> the bane of my existence. <laughs> all, the, all the flack that they got, they ended up editing their original post to remove all the references that they were uh, based off Ryuk. Oh, and really? Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Backtracking a little bit. Yeah. And so their, their website, uh, advertising the actual service itself, is now down. Um, but it had an interesting like three-tier pricing structure, right? So depending on how much or how little you wanted to spend, you would get different levels of access to the, the ransomware as a service. So we, can, we, we see these pricing models in our everyday lives, right? If you look at a lot of the um, different software as a service things, they have similar pricing models, right? Mm -hmm. um, and their website as well, it had a bunch of wild claims of saying, oh, we have tens of thousands of infected devices and over 700 uh, happy customers to date. But there really wasn't any indication that they were actually legitimate or if they were trying to, you know, just build off this ransomware hype. Yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, typically, you know, when we see these ransomware the services pop up out of nowhere, I mean, literally, you know, just kind of like not overnight, but not super popular within the space. Mm -hmm. Um to have such wild claims, uh, it's going to draw some some ire from the yeah. rest of the community. Um, but I mean, the, the ransomware as a service space is so crowded, right? right? You kind of have to make yourself stand above the yeah. crowd mm -hmm. in order to have any kind of chance of being successful, it's right? It's almost like you have to have your own marketing team to get it well, off yeah, the ground. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, some of these services, they offer the same kinds of services that, yep. you know, companies 24 do. 24-7 tech yeah. support. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's like, if you <laughs> if you don't know how to actually use this, well, we'll help you. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's part standing of out is it's yeah. the yeah. main point. Yeah. I mean, so. that's part of the reason why Gantcrab was so yeah. successful. Mm -hmm. They had so much support. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, but right now, the website is down and... The website's down, so uh, I'm not sure right now if the actual, if they may, they may have migrated to a different website, sure. or they may be operating under a different name, or it may all have just been a big scam, but... <laughs> if Certainly e possible. Even, even if that is the case, it goes to show that, you know, people are interested in ransomware as a service so much that people are taking advantage of those who are interested in it. For sure. Um, it's just all a big, big circle, a big, big mess. Yeah. I hope they get all the script kitties and then they don't deliver. Yeah. <laughs> Waste I mean, your money and fail. I mean, the whole yeah. thing was catered towards the masses, right? It yeah. wasn't aimed towards uh, selling to experienced cyber criminals, those right. who actually know what they're doing. They even said in their advertisement, they said, you know, you don't need any kind of technical knowledge to right. do this. You yeah. know, anyone can do it. Yeah, yeah. 
Interesting. It's good customer service with a smile. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yes, the website's down. We're not sure if the actual ransomware as a service you know, platform is down right now, but, uh, but their website is down right we'll now. We'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, definitely keep an eye on it for sure. Um, okay, moving on to the Sodenokibi uh, news, the best ransomware around because I love saying the name. Um, so, Sodenokibi operators uh, popped on to, I don't remember which forum it was. Alex, do you remember? Um, I'm... I'm not sure which one, but, but basically th- they popped onto a dark web. I think forum. it was Torum, but I'm not I'm not I'm not 100 certain. Yeah, they popped onto a dark web forum, and they were basically saying that they were going to release um, TravelX data, which TravelX was a company that was ransomware um, last week, I think. Yeah, um, it's been in the news. It, yeah, it's um, been in the news among the many other things over the past couple of weeks. Right. So it's interesting, right? And I mean, we have another story that's right after this. Um, Actually, let's just go into that one, and then we'll kind of lump those two together. But they, uh, the Nempty operators of the Nempty ransomware, uh, they were also threatening to release some mm-hmm. of the victim data that they had gathered from a ransomware attack. Um, so both of those instances are somewhat pointing to this trend of, you know, a typical ransomware attack that we've seen in the past. Yeah. Uh, ransomware gets in, locks down all the computers. That's the end of it. That's it. But the fact that these... Um, <clears throat> the fact that these threat actors have actually gathered docs, gathered you know data, whatever it is, and then they ransomware. I think this is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. just just reading into it, I mean, they're give or take exploiting the underbelly of organizations that are forced to comply with data privacy mm-hmm. laws. Mm-hmm. So it's like the really nasty dark side. Like, uh, yeah, you might have lost your stuff, but we're also going to leak it. So you're, yeah. you're 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 screwed either way. <laughs> yeah. It's over. Yeah, yeah. It's it's this new pay or get breached model of ransomware yeah. attack, right? Yeah. That we're only really seeing over the past, uh, it's fairly recent, right? Yeah, this yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, classic ransomware attacks, like you said, were just ransomware, your files are locked, pay, you get them back, you don't, you lose them, that's it, right? Yeah. But now companies have to take into consideration that not only are their files locked and their machines inaccessible, you know, their they've customer's data might be, yeah. exactly, well, I mean, might be it, leaked. I mean, yeah, they've been stolen. I mean, it, it implies that these um, cyber criminals have gained complete access to their to their networks, to their systems, to everything, and not just, you know, exploiting a vulnerability and dropping ransomware, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, it, it implies a more advanced intrusion, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I can't see it. I'm, I'm just kind of guessing here. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's an interesting trend that I think is probably going to continue. I'm, I mean, I'm honestly surprised that it didn't start earlier because mm-hmm. it requires zero additional technical knowledge. If you're already in. I mean, I just mean, be a jerk, right? <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, even even from that angle, too, yeah, like, they, they may not even own the network, and it, it could yeah. just be, like, bluffing blackmail, you know? Sure, like, I mean, yeah, and, and even I that think, could be effective. Yeah, yeah sure, I think sure. Yeah, because, I mean, realistically, like, how do they know? Yeah, for exactly. The, for the most part, you know, yeah. like, they're going to be in the middle of crisis mode dealing with that kind of stuff. It's so actually a really good point. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, you could... And from a defender's perspective, you not only have to get, you know, your your ransomware contingencies in place, you also have to deal with your legal department because now you have customer data that's potentially that been yep. stolen. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, the last thing you want to do is propagate the, <laughs> the spread of ransomware. But here yeah. we are between us or stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, so it's not yeah. a situation that you no. want to be in at all. Um, so patch your stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so you, all, you have other ransomware variants like Maze, for example, mm-hmm. that has been doing something similar. And, you know, companies that have been affected by them that decided not to pay up they would be right. essentially doxxed or mm-hmm. they'd post all their names on a website and say hey look we it's like a wall of shame a wall of shame <laughs> that's perfect yep. yeah so they say yeah. hey look at all these companies that you know they're not paying up they and you know who you know who was kind of the the king or kings of 
this of like shaming and and kind of releasing a lot of docs online was the Dark Overlord. Mm-hmm. And, oh you know, yeah, we haven't seen. We Didn't haven't even heard, think about that. Yeah, we haven't heard or seen much from Dark Overlord. You know, in a long time. It's usually around this time though. So <laughs> it's every true. Year. Yeah, keep an eye out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, I think a big threat actor, a big well-known threat actor like that, kind of his tactics. I say his, their, there. whoever it is. Yeah. Um, Tactics and techniques are being utilized across, you know, a couple different, couple different uh, mm-hmm. threat actors, avenues, and stuff like that. So, yeah, interesting kind of, not comparison, but um, correlation there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that's it for ransomware from this week. Um, I briefly just wanted to touch on the Iran stuff from last week. Um, there was a, I can't remember if it was actually on the podcast that Victoria did last week, but there was a report of a malware uh, dustman. Um, which uh, was released by the Saudi NCSC. Um, and basically, the main point behind this was that it was not associated with the uh, killing of General Soleimani. Um, you know, not saying that there were necessarily reports about that, but just to make it super clear that this happened before that, you know, took place. Yeah. And um, just to kind of cut out any sort of confusion that there might be still lingering around that. Yeah. Um, I mean, wasn't that originally observed? Wasn't it December 29th? It was in December, so, yeah. yeah. It was just before, but I mean, it, it's yeah. just so much stuff's been going on that it could be oh, yeah. easily confused. Yeah, considering the, the mood mm. after. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So just wanted to make that super clear. Um, and then speaking of kind of all the stuff from last week, you know, we have a, we put out a lot of content, we've had a lot of blogs, um, some videos, uh, other podcasts and stuff like that. So uh, we will definitely include links to that in the show notes as well. Um, that will kind of bring us to a close for this week. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Uh, I don't have a question of the week. We ha- it's been so long since we've actually done a podcast together. It has been. Yeah. I think our last question was, what would you cook? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> it probably was. It was no, probably it was, what were you doing for Christmas? For Christmas. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, all right. Well, I'm trying to think of one right off the top of my head real quick. Who's going to win at bowling tonight? Ooh, that's we are going bowling tonight. The whole office is going bowling. I'm not bowling. I'm so, just so, there uh, for drinks. Yeah, that's true. Casey's <laughs> just going to drink. Bo- bowling is like golf. Lowest score is the best. Exactly. Right, yeah. cool. Absolutely. I think that's right. I'm yeah. nice. You like, avoid the pins. Y- yeah. Like 10 frames of gutter balls. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> just zeros across yep. the board. Yeah. Yeah. What's your handicap then? Uh, three. Three. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody Google knows. Um, so, so yeah, so we'll have a, I'll have a better question of the week next time we do this, but, uh, I think this is a cop out, but all right. It's definitely, it definitely is. Cause mm-hmm. I did not think of one. Didn't even think that completely forgot about it. It's a bad question. You should feel bad. I, I do. Feels anyway. bad, man. All right. Thanks guests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have a good one. All right. Talk to y'all next week. Bye.